Jamie's pouring more drink. Getting off to an auspicious start here with this scary, this sort of scary Chinese alcohol. It's Chinese, it's right? Korean. Korean alcohol. How would I have known that? I didn't actually look at the bottle. That's probably fair. Anyways. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Happy Hour History. I'm Kaden, and I'm here today with my friend Jamie, and she has no idea what we're talking about today at all. Um, Jamie's not really a history person as far as I know. Um, she's just doing this out of the kindness of her heart. Um, but I told her we were going to learn about kind of a badass woman today. Um, so I've chosen Eleanor of Aquitaine. That doesn't really mean anything to her, but if anyone does know who that is, maybe you're excited. I don't know. So as always, just kind of a blanket warning, we're going to be using um, like crude language, so that's like swear words and sexual jokes, it's going to be ridiculous, we're obviously drinking, um, so just kind of a warning to anyone who isn't into that or maybe is listening with children, probably not the smartest idea. Jamie's already going for it. We are a couple of shots into this scary Korean drink that I... Soju. I'm not familiar with it, but Jamie clearly likes it, so um, we're having a good time. But anyways, sorry mom, and now we're going to start. Today, like I said, we're going to be talking about Eleanor of Aquitaine. Um, Jamie doesn't really know anything about this figure, so it's going to be an interesting experience. I'm a bit more familiar with her than I was with Hannibal, so it's a kind of an interesting story for me to get to tell. Oh my gosh, sorry, my Google Slides is being so weird. Do you think Aquafino is named after her? Well, Aquitaine's a place. Oh. In France. Oops. Not that this is that relevant to anyone, but Jamie has a super French boyfriend, and I feel like that is just going to somehow come up. So it's just worth saying that Oops. we're going to, we'll probably make a lot of French jokes, um, but yeah, so Aquitaine is in France. So um, she was born sometime between 1122 and 1124, so she's old as hell. 1122 and 24? Yeah. So we're in the 1100s right now, so. Oh my God, that's so long it's ago. It's been a long <laughs> she's gonna be 900 soon I can't even remember what I did yesterday in like three years she'll be 900 right that's right yeah cause it's almost 2022 so yeah she'll be 900 almost 2022 well three years from now mm. so she'll be 900 that's girl kill it she old she's old so um Eleanor was from Aquitaine which obviously makes sense based on her name um but that's a duchy in southwest France Mm. Um, dates back to the 7th century AD, and basically what you need to know about France at this point is that it's basically not, like, a country. It's kind of hard to explain, but, like, France sort of existed, and there was, like, a king of France, and he technically had power over duchies that were in France, but they had a lot of autonomy. So there was, there was the duchy of Aquitaine, but there were other duchies as well, and so their dukes basically ran the show themselves, and they just kind of, like, 
paid homage to the French king. I mean, the only history I know mm-hmm. is from the history of everything. That video yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. And the only time they really mention France... Is the revolution? Is when they're fighting with Britain about who's better. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, so this actually so. comes... So part of the reason that they fight about who's better is sort of because of this. Because the issue is is that these duchies are so powerful and they're huge chunks of France that technically the, the dukes of um, have to, like kneel down before the king and, like, swear fealty. Uh-huh. But the problem is that a lot of times, like... So this is kind of irrelevant, but when... In 1066, so about 100... Well, not even 100 years. Not that long before this, actually. Um, the Duke of Normandy, so in France, another one of these duchies, the Duchy of Normandy, the Duke of that area, he becomes the King of England. And that's called the Norman Conquest. So William the Conqueror, that's where... Well, wait, so he started in France, and then yeah. he became... The king of England. Yeah, because he was, like, related. He was, like, a nephew or something of one of the other kings. And then it went to someone else, and he fought that guy for it. He was like, no, no, this is my land. So, like, Britain came from France. The kings were French, oh. yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't last forever. The current kings of... Well, the current... Not kings, because obviously she's a queen. But the current queen and, like, her whole family are actually German. But back then, they, they were English. They were, like, English kings before that. Um, and then they were, like, they were called the Anglo-Saxons, and then they were basically, um, defeated by the Normans, and so the Normans do a little bit of ruling, and then, so you have, like, the Norman duchy, so he, the, when he first became king, he was, he was king of England and Duke of Normandy, so he still had to go to the French king and, like, give him fealty, because he owned land in France. So that becomes a huge issue. That's not the king we're talking about today, but it becomes a huge issue where, like, England starts to own more and more and more of France, Mm. and it becomes a huge problem. And that's why they have a lot of fights, because, in the beginning at least, Mm -hmm. it's it's over, because England ends up owning, like, half of France, and France isn't in the world. Yeah, well, that's way later. Oh, okay. So different different periods of, like, because when they own the world, that's the empire, and by then they own none of France. But at this point, like, Middle Ages... They own loads of France. And Absolutely. they're actually... This story actually contains a big portion of how they own more of France. So they already own Normandy. They own places like Anjou. That's not really important. But anyways, it's just kind of worth saying that these duchies are really important. Like, who has power over them? So, anyways. Eleanor's father was named William X. Um, and he was the Duke of Aquitaine, Duke of Gascony, and Count of Poitou. So a very powerful man. And her mother was called Aenor of, oh, <laughs> Aenor of Chatellerault. Chatellerault. Her name is Anal House. Not Anal. <laughs> Aenor. So, sorry. I don't know House. if I pronounce, I'm sure a French so, person would so pronounce this differently than I This would be House of something. House of Chatellerault. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. So it's Anal of the House of something. I don't know. We're not French people. That's what we need for an Anne for. Anyways, so her mother was called, so her mother's story is actually super interesting, but I don't really know that much about it, but I just kind of wanted to briefly say that basically her mother's about to die in this story. She doesn't live very long in terms of Eleanor's life, so since she was about to die anyway, I basically wanted to just give you sort of background on her life. So So, she's a Disney princess. Yeah, so Eleanor's a Disney princess and her mom's about to die right at the beginning of the story. Cool. And so, so Aenor, her own mother... (laughs) So then, so Eleanor's mother's Aenor, and then Aenor's mother was called Dangerous uh, Delisle Bouchard. So Bouchard. her her French name is freaking Dangerous. That's a cool. It's literally 
Oh. I wrote great name next to it. Um, so Dangerous. Um, so, Eleanor's so Dangerous Anal of the House of Something. Well, that's a different woman. That's, oh. that's Anal's mother. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, so, so Eleanor's grandma. Her maternal grandmother was named Dangerous. So Dangerous had a child named Anor. Who had a child named Eleanor. Yeah. So Interesting. Dan- so Dangerous um, was willingly abducted by William the Ninth of Aquitaine. Wait. But if it's willingly, it's not abduction. Well, yeah, she was like taken, but like it's the kind that your dad gets mad about, but that you're happy about. Then it's not that that's called a. That's called a runaway. That's called eloping. Yeah, well, they didn't elope though, they didn't get married. Oh. Then that's just called being a rebel. Yeah, so she rebels, but she's quote unquote abducted by William. Yeah, she's dangerous. She's a rebel without a cause. And so she was abducted, quote unquote. By William the Ninth of Aquitaine, and mm-hmm. so Danger Rose became his mistress of William the Ninth, and he dies in 1127. So his name is Bill Nine. Yeah, Bill Nine, like Bill Nine. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Thank you. That was good. Okay, yeah. So he's so Bill Nine of Aquitaine. Uh-huh. He takes Danger Rose as his mistress, and then he dies later on. Like I don't think it's close. They so just, Bill Nine, he dies eventually, and, and got with. Dangerous, yeah. But then Bill Nine died. Yeah, so and she dangerous. was she was just his mistress. They were never married. Oh. But then she had a daughter named Anor, and the daughter marries William the Tenth of Aquitaine. So Bill Nine's son. That's incest. It's not because she didn't have Anor with. Um, but they were fuck buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she married her mother's fuck buddy's son. So it's super weird, but it's not incestuous. Oh, so 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 the fuck buddy. So so Bill Nye was having several fuck buddies. Oh, he was married. Oh, he was married, but he was cheating on her with things. Yeah, was- everyone had mistresses back then. Oh, yeah. So Shit. yeah. So that's already a wackadoo story. So the fact that so that's how she comes to be. So her mother was married to the son of, like, her own grandmother's... Oh, my God, how did she feel? I don't I don't even think she was like, wow. Oh, no! Let me sit down and think about how I feel about this. Oh, no! So that's crazy. Anyway, so, yeah, the son of her mother's lover... I need a drink, man. ...was Anor's <sighs> husband. No, okay, wait, 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 no, no, no. So, <laughs> wait, wait, I gotta go. Hold on. So... I need to, like, draw so, you a family tree. So, Bill Nine and... And Dangerous were sleeping dangerous, together. Okay, and then they had... So they both, no, no, they both separately had children. So she had a daughter. So she was also cheating on him. Her spouse, yeah, so she was married to, because I remember, um, oh, because, okay, so she was married to a man called Amory I of Chatelaro, which was, Dangerous was named, married to a guy named Amory. No, (laughs) Amory. And he had a kid named Anal. Anor. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Sort of. You have to blame the French, okay? These aren't the names that I've chosen. Anyways. What? So this family tree is a hot mess. Okay. So Anor was married to William the Tenth. That's all you really need to know. The son of her mother's lover. But they're not, it's not incestuous, which is important. So, like, they carried out what their parents truly wanted. Yeah. Sort of. In a way, kind of, sort of. Yes. So she, okay, so she was married, and he was married, and they both had separate children. Uh Uh-huh. And then those two children, they got, got together. Married. Yes. And then they had three children together. These two. So, Anor and William the Tenth. They had three kids together. One of them was Eleanor. Then she had a younger sister named Patronilla and a younger brother called William. Is that, is that Will Ten, Eleven? 
Well, it would have been, but he dies at uh, age four. Oh, so it, what? So, so does that mean the next William is William eleven? There's no, uh, there's no son. So uh, yeah, so William, her younger brother William dies age four, and that's around the same time her mom dies. So that's why I said I wanted to tell the story of her mom because uh-huh. it's so crazy. And then her mom immediately basically leaves the story anyway. So I was like, uh-huh. well, might as well tell it. So because he's dead, she becomes like the heiress. Wait, so but she's, she's a daughter. Yeah, but there's no one to inherit. Eleanor inherits all. She's cool because she actually gets to have the land in her own right. She is the heiress who will eventually inherit, unless he has another son. Spoiler he doesn't. And because of that, she's going to inherit all of Aquitaine in her own right. So basically, because of this, she is top dog of the marriage market. Because everybody Everyone. wants to get... So she's like Anna from Frozen. Everyone wants to marry Anna because... Why wouldn't they want to marry Elsa? She's Elsa's monster and she disappeared, so they're like, we're going to mate. Oh, no. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, she's kind of Anna. Okay. So, yeah, so because she's going to get this land, anyone who, who marries her technically becomes the duke of this Can land. Will be Anna for Halloween. No. Okay. Halloween's a long time away. I won't even be here. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, so she... Everyone wants to marry her because they, they will then become the duke of Aquitaine and it's a huge amount of land. So, she... We have was, a question. Yeah. Um, so if a guy marries her, but she's the one that's in control of it, but if he technically, because he's her husband, that's the thing that sucks, but she technically inherits it in her own right. So if she, I hope she doesn't get married. Well, the problem is you're going to be wrong. No, no. Um, (laughs) so it does go pretty interestingly for her. So anyways, um, she was raised in this court in Aquitaine, which was full of music and poetry. It was much livelier than either of the French or the English courts. At the time, because it was just, like, um, it was much more kind of artistic and fun, I would say. I mean, fun might not be the right word, but, like, the other ones were a bit more austere. Um, it's South France, so they can have some fun there. It's warm and, you know, mm. all the sunlight gets you going. So I've been there. So, um, her father, William X, he basically was going to, um, from Bordeaux, and he was going to visit a shrine in uh, Santiago de Compostela in Spain. And it was a pilgrimage that he was going to take, so it was religious. And on this walk, which I Google maps, and the walk is about 190 hours. I don't know if it was walking the full way or if he was taking, like, horses as well, but it was a pilgrimage, so, like, he probably wasn't racing there. Um, But on this journey, he dies. Eight days. It's a long time. I'm not kidding. Died in eight days? No, no, no. He died on this trip. It would have taken 190 hours to walk from Bordeaux. So he died in less than eight days. He died sometime on this trip. I don't know how long it took him to physically die. Week. Well, he could have physically died in one day, but on the trip of... I mean, that's even worse. Yeah, I don't know. He just couldn't walk? Well, I think he died of, like, an actual disease. Oh. I don't think he just just fell over. He was like, I'm too tired. (laughs) Cannot hike any further. I mean, I was always like, you never know. Someone could die from just laziness. So, yeah, he dies on the journey, and because of this, she immediately is um, the Duchess. So that's how, like, obviously when someone dies, the title immediately passes. So she, at this point, is somewhere between 12 and 15 years old. Oh! So she's young, and she's a duchess. The problem is is that because she was unmarried when her father died, she technically has sole power, but everyone's going to want to marry her, and that's sort of a dangerous position to be in. Wait, does it count if they, like, but she has to accept their marriage. No? someone Someone could propose and she could say no. Yeah. But the thing is, is that um, if somebody were to, like, capture her, oh. they could basically force her to marry them. Oh. 
So she's sort of in in an awkward position where she, like, needs to find someone, basically for protection almost. Yeah. Um, And so... Robin Hood. So they were... um, They were... Aquitaine was loyal to France as a duchy of the French kingdom. Um, Like I said, they technically owe fealty to the French king, but also they still have enough power that they kind of do things on their own. Like, they don't really need to rely on the French king. Um, but technically they do give him fealty. So France at this point was super weak because all of their duchies are so powerful oh, that they can't control them. still weak. <laughs> Don't tell your boyfriend that. Mm-hmm. Um, all uh, the time. But yeah, since they had these duchies that were so powerful, they actually had very little land that was solely France and not, like, owned by a duke. Um, so Louis the Eleventh he wanted to use Eleanor as a way to give France more power, so he wanted to marry him to his son, also called Louis. He's This is going to be the sole Louis from now on. We're only going to talk about one Louis, and that's the one that's going to be her husband. Okay. So, Louis had been crowned... His father's still alive at this point, mm-hmm. but he was crowned junior king. Um, and it's something what does that, that mean? So, it's something that the French did. Um, they did it because some, like they thought it was easier to transition once the actual king died if they'd already kind of crowned someone as junior king but isn't that prince yeah but they were like because then he would have the chance to kind of um do a little bit of governing and he would kind of be able to it would be an easier transition at this point they would have princes but like the the prince who was going to become king he would just be at some point he would be crowned junior king and that way when his father would die he could just immediately be like well junior king the senior king Oh, so they don't have to do the whole process of, like, you are now... Well, they probably still have a ceremony, but it just makes it... Because then no one can be like, but I want to be the king. It's like, well, I was the junior king, so clearly... So fuck off. Yeah, so I'm not gonna... Like, that's not gonna fly. Um, Okay. So he was crowned... He was the junior king at this time, Louis, and he was 17. And Eleanor, like I said, was somewhere between 12 and 15. I'd probably put her younger at this time, so maybe closer to 12. Um, but actually this is unusually, it's an unusually similar age match, if that makes sense. Because a lot of the times, um... Because boys mature later. Well, a lot of the times young girls would just be married to really old guys, which is super creepy. So, but they're, like, similar in age. Yeah, so that's uncommon. Yeah, it's very uncommon for that to have happened, because usually they would be married to old men. Do they like each other? So, I'm gonna get to that. (laughs) So they were married two months after her father died, and she was crowned junior queen. Um, the thing is, is that basically they were heading to Paris, so that Louis, um, and on the way Louis was made Duke of Aquitaine, so he now takes that title from her, and she takes the title of junior queen from him. That's rude. Um, and then basically immediately they found out that his father had died, which is why I said you only need to know one Louis. It's not that important. Oh. So his father died. Um, so they stopped being juniors and now have graduated to being seniors. So, so that means they both own two different places because his and hers, both of them have been promoted to whatever they own. Well, yeah, so she was Duchess when they got married, Duchess of Aquitaine. She owned it. Yeah. And now he owned, because his father just died, he is now King of France. So he's, he's taken... He's taken the title of Duke of Aquitaine from the marriage to her. Yeah. And she's taken the title of Queen of the French or Queen of France. Wait, but that him. was already in France. Yeah, but the thing is, is that, like, she, uh, like I said, they technically owe, like, these dukedoms, they owe fealty to the king, but they do things kind of on their own. They don't so, really... So, do, now that they're, they're, like, married, do they still owe whatever it is to them? Well, no, he just kind of controls both. 
But, but the that thing like is, a, 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 like a, 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 what's it called? A, um, that's the reason why he married her, is to get control of that land. And so if he can marry her, he can take that back, and it, it can kind of become French again. The problem is, is that it technically is still sort of owned by her. Yeah. So until they have a child that then inherits both territories, the, the French kingdom and the duchy of Aquitaine, it's sort of separate, but he technically, as her husband, like, kind of controls how it's run. So if they were to get... Divorced. She would retain it. Oh, okay. So she wouldn't take over... No. Okay. So it's her land, but he kind of, as her husband, gets the right to run it, which sucks. But that's the Middle Ages for you. Um, but it's actually nice because she was allowed to inherit this land. Yeah. Whereas, um, because, like, the duchies are different, but, like, France proper, like, the, the kingdom of France, that actually had what's called Salic Law, which means that only men can inherit so if she had been the child, if she'd been the only child or like the oldest of only daughters of the king of France, it would have gone. It would have gone like a cousin. But wow. Because, but because um, Aquitaine, as duchy, doesn't have salic law, she was allowed to inherit it herself. You know what um, history is? A bag of dicks. Yes, but history is just spilling the tea. Yeah, we're spilling the tea on like, this shit. Like you don't really record when nothing happens. You only record crazy. when shit happens. And shit goes down like, in the story. That's the only way of how I passed World War II in high school. Because I was like, it's just a bunch of teenagers who don't know how to get along. Honestly, this whole story is basically petty, petty bitches. Oh, I love it. That's why we're in the very beginning. So this whole story is petty bitches. Um, so anyway, so she becomes Queen of France. Uh-huh. Louis and Eleanor were not very well suited. Like I said, she had grown up in this kind of more free-spirited court. Um, in the South, and they really respected poetry and music and art. And her husband, um, he was actually the second son. His older brother had died late, like after he'd been born. Wait, so was he forced to marry her by like his, or did he like? He didn't want to marry her. It oh. was because of the land. They want that land. Oh, but like, but his dad died. Yeah, but they got married before his dad was dead. Oh, so his dad was like, "Oh, marry this bitch," and he yeah. Was like, Get that land, son. Don't care about the woman, you want the land. So, but he actually was originally the second-born son. So there was a different son who was meant to inherit. And second sons of kings, it's sometimes hard because you only have the one kingdom. So unless you're going to split it, which does happen sometimes. The other option was sometimes other sons would go into the church. So he'd actually been raised to go into the church. (laughs) When you said go under the church, I just thought someone go... Going under the church. No, going into the church. You don't <laughs> go under it. That would be weird. You tunnel, just tunnel under it, get my plastic yeah. spoon. I've been under a church once. Have you? In the crypts? Yeah. I've been in crypts. They're spooky. That, there was just a lot of dirt. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so since he'd been raised for the church, he was kind of monkish. Like, he was very, like, um, austere and... Um, just, I don't really know how to even describe it. Just, like, somebody who's very kind of rigid mm. and not a lot of fun. And she was this free-spirited, artistic, like, had grown up in the warm south and just kind of had this very, like, almost like a hippie. Not really. Obviously, it's still the Middle Ages. Mm. But, like, if you want to think of her as a hippie, that's probably the best way you can imagine it. A hippie or a hipster? No, a hippie. Okay. Like, a very, like, love child. Oh. Like, free spirit, like flower crowns. Well, I wasn't thinking dreadlocks. I was thinking, like, flower crowns and, like, maybe that is I was thinking, like, white people with dreadlocks. See, I wasn't thinking white people with dreadlocks. That's what I think of when I think of hipsters now. Um, Big glasses. Okay, yeah, not hipster. I'd say hippie. Like, like 1960s, 1970s, like, flower power. 
Oh, then yeah, I always picture that one that one picture of the white lady with dreadlocks, and she has a big like Rasta beanie on. Yeah, I wasn't thinking like a Rasta type hippie. Oh, anyway, irrelevant. <laughs> but so he had been raised for the church, and she was this kind of very like artistic, free spirited woman, and so they just weren't suited. And so they were both teenagers, but she tried to model her queenship from other strong queens from other countries. And this wasn't the standard way that a queen acted in France, because queens in France were meant to be kind of very, kind of subservient to their husbands. So he wasn't pleased that she was trying to actually be like a strong queen. And after five years of marriage, there were no kids because he was super weird and monkish and they like weren't doing a lot of hanky-panky. How rude. I know. So, so they um, eventually they had a daughter, and her name was Marie. But this wasn't great because obviously Salic law means that she can't inherit. So they need a son. Oh, but she can have the other part. Yeah, uh, she could eventually gain Aquitaine if they decided they wanted her to. But that she can't become the French queen. So why can't they give the son France and then the daughter? In Arcofino? some in some instances, they might have done that. I mean, that's not. This story goes like, way to the left of that, so that never occurs. Uh, in some instances, that might have happened, but it's, um, usually the son just inherits all. Oh, and she just, they just have to get her an advantageous marriage, hopefully. But yeah, so she's a daughter, but no sons. And she also had very little political power. Um, mostly as a wife, the only power she had was kind of, like, the, the kind, it's basically, like, almost, like, pillow talk power. Like, when you tell your husband, like, in bed almost, like, or, like, behind the scenes, oh, like, maybe this is what you want to do with your ministers, or, like, oh, maybe you want to, like, pardon this person, and as a husband, he might be like, yeah, okay, and that's, like, the only power she had. But, of course, they weren't well-suited. They didn't really like each other, so he didn't really, she didn't even really have that power, because he wasn't really going to listen to her, you know? But, so, like, but she can go around and be like, I am the, the person of a person, so I can tell you to do this. No? But, like, not politically. She could tell the servants, like, go, you know. But she can go on the streets and demand stuff, no? I mean, the queens didn't generally be like, hey, peasants, do things for me. I want this but cake. But she, she didn't have... this cake. She didn't have a lot of political power, so she couldn't really influence the way that things were happening in France. Oh. But I mean, like, if she got the people to like her more... I don't think the people necessarily disliked her. Oh. I just... It's... It's just that she couldn't influence the way that anything was run. Oh. Um... Then you kill the man. Yeah, he sucks. He honestly sucks. The thing is, okay, so this is going to be a little bit, this is going to be very, very important a little bit later on. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically, she and her husband were actually related, technically. I mean, everyone was sort of related back then, because every, like, nobles all intermarried to keep nobility. Yeah. So they were, I think, third cousins. And there was a rule. Wait, but that means both of their parents were fucking cousins. As, no, not like they are fucking cousins. As in, they were fucking their cousins. I don't know. Everyone's fucking because their because if, if they are third cousins in any way or sense, that means that their parents, even though, because 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 their parents had the two kids that were wait, or is that the generation above that? I don't know. Cousins confuse me. I know you're better at the cousin thing than I am, and it still confuses me. I have me. a shit ton of them. <laughs> but anyway, so they were they were I think third cousins. Um, and the thing is that, like, in the that church, in the church, um, there was something called, uh, consanguinity. And so if you were within seven degrees of consanguinity, then technically you weren't supposed to get married. And oftentimes, it's con- so like seven degrees of, like, relations. Oh. So everyone was meant to be 
further than seven degrees apart relationship wise to get married. But the problem is, is that like basically no one was. And so what you had to do was you appealed to the Pope for like permission to get married within the bounds of consanguinity. And it was always pretty much granted because like I said, it's hard to find anyone who's outside of seven degrees because that's like that's several, a lot that's yeah. a, that's several generations I mean, even back. now it's like it's yeah. not considered incest unless it's like what under four or three i don't, I know. don't even think i think a lot of places second cousins this is why married. i avoid other chinese people because like i'm just so related to so many of them i can't yeah and then like we also have that rule don't marry someone with the same last, last name. name yeah that i mean i guess that helps we don't obviously have anything like that with the last name so it makes it really hard but yeah, so they were they were within the seven degrees of consanguinity, um, so technically they shouldn't have been married. But like, no one was that bothered about it when it happened. So then, I don't know how much you know about the Crusades, but basically there had been one crusade, and that was earlier. And it was basically the Pope trying to retake Jerusalem in the Holy Lands um, away from the Muslims, and it was kind of a Christian goal overall. But. Um, but it was very led by, like, the French, the first one. Wait, but the French are Catholic. Yeah, well, they're all Catholic at this time. Everyone's Catholic. Then who are the Christians? I'm just calling them Christian. They're all Catholic. Everyone, if you're a Christian at mm-hmm. this point, unless you're, like, in Russia, they're Orthodox. And I don't actually know, because the Orthodoxy and um, Roman Catholicism split, but I don't actually know if it's happened yet. It's sometime in, like, the... 9, 10, 1100s, I think that they split. But basically, at this point, if you're in any part of, like, Western Europe, Mm. you're Catholic. So I just say Christian because it's all the same deal. So they all... It was kind of... It was a heavy French influence, but it was mostly just, like, the Christian people of Europe in general. Now, this first crusade had basically been a hot mess, um, and it caused a bunch of other problems, and they did sort of succeed, but, like, it wasn't great. And so they went on a second crusade, so that, that first crusade had, like, already passed. They then had a second crusade, the call for it anyway, to go fix all the issues from the first one. Um, and so the Pope had kind of wanted the King of France to be the specific person to lead. Because last time, they didn't really have, like, kings and princes going. It was a lot more, like, sort of the lower people. Not, like, necessarily peasants, although they might have gone. But it would have been, like, knights. So, like, lower in kind of the echelon. So, this time he wants the king of France to specifically take charge. So, Louis, as the king of France, is 100% into it. Because, as I said, he was super religious. Because he'd been raised to be in the church. So, he was, like, hashtag Jesus life. Fuck that. He was going on his um, his mission trip to the Holy Lands. And he also wanted to, you know, kill some people on the way. I mean, that's what they do, though. Eleanor also decides to go on crusades. They actually, like, swear on a sword together, being like, let's go freaking take the Holy Lands. So she goes with him. And that's kind of irregular because there had only been the one crusade prior to this, but women didn't generally go on, like, military campaigns, especially far away from home. Um, so she went, and actually, because she went, a lot of other women went, too. Like, like other, like, lower-down so women. she, like, the first feminist? She's an early, she's an early adopter. So, this, uh, this crusade, also, to sum up, is a big fat failure. Um, okay. She's often blamed for this, because they say that she slowed them down by having too many, like, carts of her finery and stuff. Like, when you're traveling from France to Jerusalem, 
and you've got, like, all your goods and stuff. Now, granted, everyone going on a progress like that would have been bringing, like, hella stuff. Mm-hmm. Because you're the king, you're the queen, you're, like, a fine noble or whatever. You don't want to travel like a peasant. You're going to bring all your good stuff with you. But they blamed her because, like, oh, she has too many dresses. Oh, she, you know, because she's a woman, so she's easy to blame. Mm. So people were like, oh, she slowed us down, and then we lost. But it's not her fault. So I don't think it's her fault. Okay. But while she's there, um, while she's kind of in the Middle East in general, she actually meets up with her uncle, um, who's called Raymond. And they meet up in Antioch. And he was also from Aquitaine. So that was her father's brother. So William, why didn't he take it over then? In theory, he could have. Yeah. Um, but it passed to her. Like the whole Lion King thing. He could have taken over. Yeah, but then that would have made me mad because she was, she, technically she was next in line. And it, the thing is that if they'd had Salic Law, it would have gone to him. Because it wouldn't have passed to a daughter. But technically, Aquitaine doesn't have Salic Law, so it can go to a daughter. Oh. So it kind of works out in her favor that she got it. But he was her uncle. Um... So she met up with him in Antioch, and I think she was just, like, kind of very pleased to have someone to talk to in her own dialect, because she, they both spoke French. She spoke French, and her husband spoke French. Mm. But the dialects were so different that they almost would have been incomprehensible to each other. Now, obviously, she eventually learned how to speak to him, and, like, they weren't, you know, miming to each other forever. But, like, it's French. But it's so different. The way you speak it, so written French would have been, written French would have been pretty much the same. Because yeah. it's the language. Because but the, the way... Accent. So, yeah. So, the way you pronounce words would have been so totally different I that mean, you like, could not understand each other. Antoine says French... Canadian French is, like, really annoying. Yeah. But imagine if he actually could not understand French-Canadian. But, you know, like... It's not like me going to Australia, because I can still understand that. They're saying the same words. They just have an accent. This isn't oh, an accent. It's like when I go to, like... if I If I hear someone speak, like... Chinese from like Beijing or Shanghai, I can't, I can't speak to. Yeah, them. you don't understand. You don't understand. Like what they're I saying. know what they're saying. Oh, this but, is different. Like, they literally could not understand each other. But but if it's just an accent, it's not. It's a dialect. Oh, is it that? So it's it, not an accent. Oh. You're not saying so it's like Mandarin and Canto. Yeah, kind of. Okay. So if you imagine it, like it's not that someone is saying hello and then somebody is saying hello with a British accent. Mm-hmm. It is that somebody is saying hello and then somebody has taken that same word and made it incomprehensible. That it's in, The pronunciation is so different that it's not the word hello anymore. Because they've decided that these letters are pronounced in, like, a different fashion or, like, have different stresses and stuff. And so you oh. just don't know what it means. Like, I think I was listening to another podcast and they were making the point that, like, the word we, obviously, like, meaning yes, mm-hmm. I think it was pronounced like oof. I've heard way. Yeah. Well, that's... We and way are just... That's the bad pronunciation. But somebody said oof, which is nowhere near we. You would never... If you heard oof, you'd be like, what? It's not we. I would hear egg on oof. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd be like, what is that person... Why are they saying egg to me? So that's... That example, I'm not sure how accurate it is, but it's just something that stuck in my head. Um, So basically, they could not... So she couldn't necessarily understand... Her husband when they first met. Obviously, by this point, I assume she'd picked it up. But she met her uncle, and it was just nice to speak to somebody who spoke in her dialect and who kind of knew her from before. And so they kind of got on really well. Um, The king was not a fan of how well they got on. Um, He wanted to move on, because they were in Antioch, so they weren't in Jerusalem yet. Oh, my God, did she get with her uncle? No. Well, mm, 
I don't know. <laughs> so he wanted to go to Jerusalem. They're in Antioch, and she deci- she says she wants to stay back. Um, her uncle Raymond also didn't want to move on. He actually wanted to go um, to Odessa, I think, and fight there first. And so there was like an issue where like she wanted to side with her uncle, but he's like, "You're my wife. Like, give a sign with me," because he's a bitch. Like, if he ne- if he's so desperate that he actually needs to beg for a vote, then yeah. Yeah, well, he sucks. And so then they make the weird implication that maybe she was sleeping with her uncle. <gasps> now, this, this seems fake to me. I don't know why she would have slept with her uncle. There's literally no game from that. Fucking knew it! I feel but, like I'm watching TV. Yeah, so there's the idea that maybe she's sleeping with her uncle. And she may or may not have actually banged him. I assume it's not. But the problem was is that she allowed people to think it could have been possible, and that hurts her reputation. So she shouldn't... So she didn't stop it. She wasn't like... I, she well, never... Did she ever say no? Well, I don't think anyone directly asked her, but just being around him a lot, like, she... That was a mistake. She shouldn't have been around him so often to let people think that they were sleeping together. Now, like, it sucks. Like, you're around with your parents often. That doesn't mean you're sleeping with them. Yeah, it's... Honestly, it sucks. It's like a double standard of women that, like, if you're around someone a lot, you must be having sex. Like, I'm... That... No, it, it, make, it makes no sense, but back then a woman's reputation was so fragile. But, like... So, it's a, yeah, it's a hot mess. But she's not sleeping with the actual guy. Her husband? Yeah. Well, they had a baby, so they didn't Yeah, marry. but, like, that was probably, like... I don't know. It's not... They're not doing so hot. He's not a great husband, and, and they're not compatible. But I don't think she was sleeping with her uncle. Like, that's... I, I could be wrong, of course. Like, we'll never know. Mm-hmm. But I would suspect she wasn't. Um, but the fact that she let anyone believe that was a bad thing. Even though it wasn't her fault that people believed it, and uh-huh. she wasn't necessarily trying to put it forward, you had to be really careful back then about your reputation. So it was a bit of an issue. Um, so well, you best not be hanging out with your uncle, or you see what people talk. You see what people say. Yeah. Louis then ordered Eleanor to go to Jerusalem with him, and she threatened to divorce him if, he, if she had to go to Jerusalem. But eventually she was made to go anyway. Um, so that relationship was super icy, as you can imagine. There's freaking no babies coming at this point. <laughs> Finally, the crusade ends, and it's a hot mess, and they don't get Jerusalem, and there's nothing to show for it. Um, so Louis, at this point, actually gets more religious, which isn't hot, because he was already pretty crazy. They went back to France, and they went on separate ships. They did not want to be around each other. Um, hers was actually captured at one point by Byzantine. She was released by the Byzantine emperor. And then they had a couple more issues getting back, so it was actually weeks and weeks before they reunite in Italy. Um, But they did not want to sail together, so that just goes to show how that relationship's moving. They get to Italy, and it's time for marriage counselor Pope. Lols. So they go visit the Pope, and Pope Eugene tries to fix their marriage, because they're in Rome on a visit, and he basically says um, that, like, they both need to be more kind of open to each other, but he sort of expresses that he is on the side of the king, which makes sense because he's a king and he's a man. I want to know. Mm-hmm. How do we know this? It's all written down. But, like, from whom? Who wrote I this? assume papal records. Papal records are pretty good. So does that mean that whenever you go see the Pope, they're going to write down whatever you say to them? Sometimes, yeah. It's, if it's an official audience like this, I have to imagine it was written down. Because technically, like, they went to see him Someone's as, like... being a snake. That's what this is. <laughs> like, don't... Like, that's He's got what, the receipts. Like, like we know this because someone's out there saying, my relationship is shit, and I want everyone to know. And the Pope, and the pope is out there, like, 
like to his right hand man, being like, "Write this all down. We want the receipts." Yeah, we need like, to be able to drop this on National Snake Day. No, exactly. Like someone's out there. He's pulling a Kim K. Yeah, like no one, no one out there is trustworthy. No, everyone's like, "I got the tea." Like, I'm sure they knew this was going to be recording. <laughs> the Pope. Then maybe they wanted people to think they were doing shit. They were doing shit, so... But, like, but maybe they wanted people to think maybe that, they because did, yeah. they, they know people are recording it. Like, yeah. if you knew people were recording your life, would you want them to know you're in a bad relationship? They, I don't think they were best pleased with what was happening, so maybe they were trying to get out of it. But, um, but so, he ex- so he expressed that he was sort of on the king's side in this, um, and that he said that... Because she had, remember, she had threatened to, like... I say divorce, but it's really annul their marriage. So when she was when he was trying to get her to go to Jerusalem, she said that they would annul that she was going to get their marriage annulled, and that's because of the consanguinity thing. So the fact that they were related to each other, uh. she was basically like, "I can get this thing annulled." And, he, and the oh. pope, the pope says, "Stop talking about consanguinity. You're going to be married. You're ordered." And he ordered them to share a bed. Like, that's stop taking separate boats. Get in bed and make a baby. Very strange. Oh, the pope likes to meddle. Well, He's not really meddling, because in, in all fairness, they went to so visit him. basically, the Pope is Chris Jenner. Yes. I did not know where that was going. In this situation. Pope Mama. Yeah. No, he... But it's none of his business! But they visited him, so, like, kind of... Oh. And the Pope would sort of act as a marriage counselor sometimes. It's weird. Like, the Pope has a weird job. But if you think about it, marriage is, like, um, in, in the Catholic faith, marriage is one of the seven sacraments. Yeah. So, the fact that if your marriage wasn't working, you might go see, like, a priest or, um, or, like, a bishop or something. And so, because they are royalty, when your marriage ain't going so hot, you can go visit the Pope and he will listen to your problems. Because what does the Pope know? He's not allowed to have any relations with anyone. Yeah, well, none of the, the clergy are, but they still counsel about marriage but because that's the thing. marriage they, is... Yeah. What do they know? Well, that's... If you get into the Reformation, that's a whole thing. Uh, but, like, the fact that they have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to relationships. And that's why in the Reformation, a lot of churches decide to allow the clergy to marry. So, like, in uh, England now, um, Anglican, uh, anyone of the Anglican faith, like, in the clergy can be married. Oh, but the other argument is he's married to... To God. Yeah. He's God's... Well, I mean, the Pope is God's, like, like voice on earth. Okay. He's the conduit for God. So... <laughs> if I have to pay someone to tell me what God says, like, no. You don't necessarily have to pay the Pope. You just, like, donate money. Yeah, it's true. Well, yeah. And now, these days... Yeah, I don't call it payment. They call it a donation. These days, you can never see the Pope anyway. And if you don't donate, you don't get to do it. No God for you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so he orders them to share a bed. And this sort of worked. I think it's creepy, but it sort of worked because they got pregnant again. But it was second daughter, so not great. Do you Um, think any of these times were potentially a harassment... Of how she got pregnant. Because she clearly doesn't want anything to do with him. Honestly, maybe. Like, and the thing is, is that back then, the concept... Of, this is going to get into a whole hot mess of just stuff. But back then, the concept of marital rape doesn't exist. I mean, it only started existing recently. It's very new. The concept of being able to be raped in marriage. Yeah. Um. So back then, it's like, you're married, you have sex with him. Yeah. And that's your job. But, like, she clearly didn't want anything to do with him. No. But, like, men... But it's her job. Yeah. Yeah. So probably she wasn't that pleased that she had to be in bed with him at all, because they seem to really hate each other. And they have a daughter, and that's not good, because they still need a son. So, uh, so in 1151, 
a man, a, um, a man from England. His name is Henry. Um, technically, I'm going to call him Henry Fitz Empress right now. There's a whole hot mess of that. But basically, if I sort of give you like the very shortest explanation of this, in England there had also been a hot mess because at one point there was an English king also called Henry, and he had a son who then died in a shipwreck. So he made all of the lords in England swear that his daughter Matilda would become queen. So she was going to be the first queen of England in her own right. Mm. There have obviously been queens that were married to kings, but she mm. would be the first queen ruling. But that didn't happen. And no. So the problem is, is that he makes all of these lords swear that they're going to give it to his daughter Matilda because they don't have Salic law in England. It doesn't exist. So technically a daughter should be able to inherit. Henry, the, Henry her father, Matilda's father, then dies... And immediately, his nephew, Stephen, is like, no, this throne's mine. So there's then, like, a bunch of years of fighting. These years are actually called the Anarchy, where um, her name is Matilda, and she had actually been married, well, because she still had a, at one point, she had a brother who was alive, who had said died in that shipwreck. Yeah. So while that was all happening, when he was still alive, and she never thought she would inherit, she'd actually been married off to the Holy Roman Emperor, um, which is, like, sort of Germany. It's a, it's, there's a whole thing about what the Holy Roman Emperor is and the Empire, but it's basically modern-day Germany. And so she was Empress because of that. So she's Empress Matilda. So then when she eventually, her brother dies, and she's meant to inherit, and then her dad dies, she comes over and she's like, I'm Empress Matilda, like, I'm going to be Queen of England. And her cousin Stephen's like, no, I'm the king. So they fight for forever. Mm. Eventually, Stephen wins, which mm. sucks. Cause I wanted Matilda. We had so cool. a we had a king named Stephen. Yes, it's William uh, William the Conqueror, William Henry Stephen. <laughs> yeah, so he's the only one. He doesn't have a number. He's technically Stephen the first, but he's the only Stephen. So Stephen becomes king, but Stephen's he a terrible king name. So Stephen, the thing is, Stephen Whoa, never king Steve. <laughs> so Stephen himself never has children. So he gains the throne. Mm. And then never has babies. And so the thing is, is that he basically makes a pact with Matilda's son, oh. Henry. Another Henry, sorry, it's kind of oh, confusing. Oh, God, okay. So, so this is the Henry I'm talking about in this story. Um, so Matilda's son, his name is Henry Fitz Empress, which literally means Henry, son of the Empress. Because she was Empress wow. Matilda. okay. So Henry Fitz Empress, he's also technically... That's like kind of petty. Yeah. Well, all, technically, like, that's not really... Fitz Empress isn't necessarily, like, his legal last name. Oh. He could have also been called Henry of Anjou, because no, his yeah. father was French, and he was from Anjou. So his mother's obviously from England. No, but that would make more sense, because everyone's named after whatever that is, right? But then, like, someone... To, take your, to take your mom's yeah, title, because she's the freaking Empress? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, her, his mom had to decide that. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I so that, that's, like, hella petty. It's like, I want everyone to know that this is what's happening. Yeah, so he he could have been called Henry Fitzempers. You could also call him Henry Lundy. Doesn't really matter, but same guy. Um, so he, because his uncle Stephen had no children, he was eventually like their peace. Like the the thing that brought peace to this period of anarchy mm-hmm. was basically saying like, okay, Matilda, you will never get to be queen, which sucks hard because feminism. Yeah. So she never gets to be queen, but when Stephen dies, it will go to her son, and so like that kind of makes her happy because she's like. My son will get to be king. So anyways, so he, so Stephen's still alive right now, but Henry Fitzempress, who's going, who's next in line to the throne of England, in 1151, he visits because there's been some issues between England and France, and he's there to sign a peace treaty. And so he meets Eleanor. We don't know anything about this first meeting, but they do meet. And 
some people think that at this meeting, in secret, they start maybe talking about an alliance between Eleanor and Henry. We don't know, but I would think so. It's this is the tea. Like, like I'm just thinking like story. This story is only beginning. This is the only. So if anyone ever accuses me of like gossiping, I'm just be like, I'm making history. History is nuts. Like, History this is just, scary. We're literally just gossiping from one generation to another about yeah. what happened a thousand years ago. Like, yeah. It's all just gossip. And and this is, like, the big step. Like, this story, if you think the story's whack now, it gets weirder. Oh, God. So, yeah. So, she meets Henry. We don't really know what they discussed, but they, some people think this is where they start maybe planning to ally themselves together. Um, eventually, he leaves, of course, blah, blah, blah. And, um, because Louis and Eleanor don't have a son, and this country doesn't let daughters inherit, that is basically the nail in the coffin of this relationship. They have that second daughter, and they're like, this is over. Like, we're done. The marriage counselor pope... Two daughters, and they're like, we have to give up, because... Marriage counselor pope can't save us now. Because of two daughters? Well, they hated each other. Oh, well, And they, and like, I don't... I th- it, it had been many years. Like, not many, but it had been multiple years at this point and only two pregnancies. And I I just don't think she was willing to keep going. She didn't um, want his dick inside of her again. No, she was not having it. Two times was too many. No. So she decides to annul the marriage. They, no, sorry. They jointly decide to annul the marriage. He yeah. actually, this time, the first time... So who gets the kids? So that's the thing. So the first time he fights it, this time it's real. They both agree. And they actually do it pretty peacefully they're just both like we're done like we don't want to be married this didn't work we're done we're gonna peacefully split um now because so because they used consanguinity as the reason for their divorce or their annulment um the pope says because they had married in good faith believing that it was legal their daughters are legitimate so their their marriage splits but their daughters are still princesses they're not going to be deemed bastards which is good so Honestly, like, they stopped being a part of the story entirely. Like, they continue to exist, and they both, I think, get married. The daughters? Yeah, but they stop being a part of the story entirely, because she basically ditches them. She she oh, heads wow. out. She decides to then skadoot out of the French court. Um, she kind of, like, is on the run, because the minute she signs this annulment document, she's, like, because you asked earlier, and I didn't, give any, I didn't want to give away how this goes, <laughs> but you asked what happens if she gets divorced, yeah. and if she keeps her land. She does. Okay. But the problem is, like I said earlier, when you're unmarried and you have land, anyone who captures you can force you to, force you to marry them. So she's on the run. She actually runs to Poitou, which is one of the lands that but she owns. But doesn't she have, like, a guard? Yeah, I mean, she has people, but, like, if they can pin you down and they have a bigger, like, army, she can be taken. Or oh. she can be captured. Um, so she basically runs out of France. I mean, she's still technically, you know... Because it's all technically France. But she goes back to her own lands and she's in Poitou. And that's where she writes to Henry. And says, Henry, part one of our plan's over. Let's get on part two. Um, oh, there's a plan. But like I said, we don't really know. But the assumption is that because he'd just been at her court. And this was the Stephen guy's kid. Stephen's nephew. Nephew? Yeah, the one who's going to inherit uh-huh. So he's... English. He's, yeah, so he's going to be the English king. He's uh-huh. not yet, but he's he will be king. Um, so she says, you know, part one's over. I have my annulment. Come get me. Like, uh, you know, because she's in danger, obviously, of, like, anyone. What did marrying this guy have anything to do with 
Like, she doesn't get anything out of it other than two daughters that she doesn't even care about. Well, she was going to be the... She, I mean, she was the French queen, and she thought she was going to have a more successful time. But obviously, it sucked. He sucked. And she was 12 or 15 yeah. or whatever when they got married. Somewhere between well, 12 like, and 15. after they get divorced, they don't, she doesn't get anything out of it. Well, she keeps her land, and now that's why she has Henry. She's going to marry the heir to England. Oh, so she... So... Oh, so it's like one of those, like... Oh, I'm, like, in love with this guy. She's going to... Tra- she's not really in love with him, but she's going to oh. trade France for England. She's going to become a queen twice. Wow. So, she... She's a queen of France and the queen of England. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she gave up France. But, yeah, she was queen of both places at certain times in her life. In one lifetime. So, um... So, yeah, so she writes to him being, like, It's time to skidoot your boot over to Poitou. Come get me. Let's get married. And he does. It takes him about a month because travel is so slow then. But he gets over there, and they have a pretty secret hasty wedding. And you can bet your ass that when Louis found out that the woman he had just annulled his marriage to then married, like, his greatest future rival. Obviously, like, he's not king yet, but he knows he's going to be king of England. And the English and the French basically always hate each other. So do you think it was a petty thing of like, oh, this guy sucked, I'm going to get married to the English guy? Well, okay, so the thing is, um, she was 28 at this point. So it had been a while. She'd been married to him for about, like, 13 plus years, depending on how long, how old you think she was when she married Louis. So it had been a while. She was 28. Um, Henry was 19 years old. He's young. He is, like, her first husband was this very religious, pious man. Her next husband is, um, he is a warrior, he's young, he's kind of fiery and passionate, and I think she just thought that he was a much better fit for her so than her first husband. he was hot. Oh yeah, he's hot young shit on the market. Do you think he's a fuck boy? He's probably. Yeah? Probably. <laughs> he's gonna be king of England, and the thing is too is that, if so, so Louis finds out that his kind of, sort of ex-wife is not only marrying someone else. But the thing is, is that that all of that land in Aquitaine that she owns is going to be English. Is going to be English. So England owns Normandy, all of the Duchy of Normandy. Oh. They own Anjou, and now they own the entire Duchy of Aquitaine. And Louis is pissed. And actually, with that marriage, um, we're going to end this part. So, like I said, uh, she had part uh, part one of her plan. Part two is coming soon. Um, with kind of their wedding and marriage. Um, but we'll end that here for today, and we'll start the next episode with, with her second crowning in England. So before I close off today with uh, Jamie, I'll just let you guys all know how you can um, contact me or how you can kind of follow the show. So you can find me on Twitter at um, the, the account is at Happy History Pod. You can find me on Instagram at... Um, at Happy Hour History Pod. They're not the same. Sorry, that's kind of confusing. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Happy Hour History, or my email is happyhourhistorypod at gmail.com. So any of those ways you can follow me. Um, you can also send questions, or if anyone has any recommendations, I chose Eleanor of Aquitaine for Jamie because she wasn't too fussed on when I taught her, which was kind of nice because I got to have a bit of freedom. Um, but like I said before, this show has a lot of freedom in terms of what I teach because... I'm not really, like, locked into one time period. So if anyone wants to learn about something, you guys can send your recommendations. 
Um, and then also just rate and review the show um, on whatever kind of platform you're listening to it on. That is awesome. It really helps um, to grow the audience. Follow um, me at jmeetsrice. Oh, yeah, that's true. You can follow Jamie if you really like her sense of humor. Uh, she's at Jamie Eats Rice, but it's confusing because it's kind of like Jamie Apps Rice because mm-hmm. you use the E once. Yeah, it's one E used two times, basically. So it's Jamie Eats Rice. Yeah, or Jamie Apps Rice. Or Jamie Apps Rice. I like Jamie Apps Rice. I stole it from someone. Oh, that's not cool. Yeah. Seven years ago. So, yeah, it's basically yours now. It's like a common-law marriage. You own that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you all for listening, and tune in next time for the second half of Eleanor's life, because, like I told Jamie, uh, it's about to get crazier. <laughs>